Welcome to episode 61 of Inside Jockey Podcast. Quite a week on the racing front. There's still some cross-country news to run through. We've got the usual segments and hopefully we'll keep you company on your runs or whatever you're doing for the next 60 minutes or so. In a week that saw Matt Hancock go into the jungle and I'm a celebrity and immediately have to face every Bush Tucker trial and offer, let me welcome to the show a man who often feels like he's on trial on this show with our constant grillings. How's life in the big smoke, Joshua? Yeah, all good. Thank you. I'm uh, a little bit tired. It's been, it's been a long day. So. Going for a walk at the moment whilst recording. A little bit of a change. Yeah, so apologies if his sound quality drops out. Josh is cruising the streets of Hampstead, which can mean different things to different people in the know. But before we go into what Josh is up to, let me welcome our co-host this evening, the 1425k roadman from Armagh in 2015 where he dipped a certain Jake Whiteman on the line and he built, beat Phil Sessman by five seconds. How's things, Shano? Oh, things are fantastic now. You've reminded me of the glory days. Go on. I thought I'd have, I'd have a look at one of your better results. Clicked into it. One second and one place behind you, Jake Whiteman, world 1,500-metre champion, and Phil Sessman, what's he, 211 man. So what does that make you? Um, that makes me um, the up-and-coming thing then, right? Must be. We we took different paths in our running careers. Let's put it that way. <laughs> I've got an apology to make to Shane. He did, in fact, run Lincoln 10K in 2008, but he was so far down the list of results that I just stopped looking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you're welcome. I forgive you. Right. I was going to kick off with you, Shane, but should we kick off with Josh if he's roaming the streets? Yeah. I'm roaming the streets. I am just taking a leisurely walk because uh, where I'm staying, you you know when you're, you're sat with people, like, do you ever get it where you're, you're on the phone you don't want people to listen? It's not like I'm homeless or anything, just to, just to get that point out. Anyway. So if anyone is in the London area, yeah. how's, how's Josh for tonight? <laughs> <laughs> No, I'm uh, I'm fine. Seeing my uncles this week. Um, so yeah, my last Monday. Um, so standard Monday. Um, just two recovery runs. So uh, six miles in the morning, six forty-eight, and same loop in the evening with uh, one of the younger lads, Lloyd. Did six miles, six forty runs. Very very overdressed actually on that. I can't remember what the temperature was, but I had hat gloves, travel tracksuit on. It was a little bit warm. Yeah, I don't think it was that cold last week. No. <laughs> um, then Tuesday, I went out for a shakeout, um, 11.50. So clearly didn't get out very early. Um, four miles, 6.42s. Pretty much the same loop as the uh, day before. Well, actually, I'm, Shane, you know you said to me, have I got the local legend of that? I thought yeah. about it. And the reason I don't is because there's a lot of people that do laps of the lake, Um that's the reason I don't have it. If it was just on a day, I probably would. You're going to have to talk the game. Loops it. I know. Um, laps. However, somebody messaged me, messaged in last week and said that you have become the local legend of a road that's called 
F I D L A L A S. Can you say it in a Welsh accent for me? I don't really want to say it at all because it sounds. Yeah, there's no nice way of saying it. I did notice that later in the week. So we'll come to that. Um, yeah, so shake out four miles, six forty twos, uh, and then in the evening I had a track session, um, and as nobody in Cardiff really wants to ever run with me, I managed to recruit a fifteen-year-old. So one of the the, ch- the chairman from the club, uh, he this is basically he's trying to sort of get a few of us to run back running together, um, and the only one that seems to actually want to run with me is the, this fifteen-year-old. So he he's run like four nineteen, so. I wasn't really expecting to do much of the session. So the session was seven by 800 off 80 second jog. Um, and he was going to try and, he was going to try and start and do some of it and then sort of see how he got on. Um, and yeah, basically we went to do it outdoors and we got kicked off the track from, um, I've never heard this rule before, but basically there's a rugby field on the, in, inside of the track at Nyack, uh, which is um, the uni track. And they basically wouldn't let us run in lane one or two. They put goalposts, and they weren't letting us move. Uh, they weren't let us run on the track, annoyingly. So, in the end, we went inside, which um, I wasn't really prepared for. But luckily, I had um, streak flies because I think vapor flies indoors have been pretty horrendous. Um, I mean, first so, yeah, question: so, Why did you not just say to rugby boys, "This is our track, go somewhere else"? Because I think they book it. The the rugby fund. I think it is actually a rule. What was, your comment, what was your comment comment to me? I think it was they were big boys. Plus I they were massive. Start an argument. Yeah, there was about there's there's forty of them. They're massive, and plus I I probably should pay to use a track, and I don't. So yeah, didn't really have a leg to stand on. I mean, it's fair um, enough. So I don't think I don't yeah. think I question forty rugby <laughs> legs. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, the aim was to run seventies. And we went 221, 220, 220, 220, 220, 220, 220, 220 was the last one. So, um, so Kim was taking the first 400, um, and then he was kind of suffering a little bit. So I would sort of say the second 400. So we, they were pretty much like 70, 70, or sometimes like 71, 69. And the last one, I gave, like I said to him, miss the first 200 meters and then jump in for like my four and six. That's why it was a little bit quicker because I think I sort of got out of the right pace and then. Um, he carried that on so yeah no it was alright um, actually felt pretty decent so that was three mile one up three mile one down have, have you ever thought um, about career in pacemaking I'm good aren't I that's very very consistent running that Thank however he has just got a, cl- a club chairman of a club he's just leaving <laughs> to organise him to run for a 15 year old lad who he's just used to pace his session <laughs> you go out and do all the work and I'll just carry on and then, well, yeah. you, you you wait because it gets worse. Um, so <laughs> Wednesday, you sure you can announce that? <laughs> <laughs> Wednesday, um, had a bit of a delicate stomach. I had a, bit of bar, a bar of chocolate at lunch. Um, oh, so you went well, Josh. So I did ten miles, six oh seven. So I did have to stop for a little once or twice. Uh, yeah, that was Wednesday. Then Thursday had. Four miles recovery, um, six fifty twos, and then in the evening, I uh, went to a different track this time. Went to Lequa, um, which is, I think, it's actually owned by Cardiff Football Club. Little fact for you. Um, the only downside is it's very windy on that track, 
So I had eight by twelve hundred um, off two lap jog. So I did for the lap the two lap jog. Oh, sorry, the two minute jog. I did um, a lap jog. I think that makes sense. Um, I kind of wanted to try and run seventy uh, twos. So Shane, you thought that was too quick, but um, that's what I wanted to do. And yeah. um, <laughs> uh, Kian um, was going to help out. He, he was going to try and do basically. I think he wanted to do like K six hundred K or something, and then miss a rep. But basically, I just said to him, like, just hang on, because realistically, you're not going to be able to do that. Um, so, yeah, he, he was suffering a little bit. And he, he did actually help me on the last rep. Um, but otherwise, it was pretty much solo. So I went 341, 337, 338, 37, 38, 40, 41, 36. And that fifth, sixth, and seventh rep in the wind really picked up. Because, um, don't get me wrong, I was tiring. There was definitely a lot stronger winds on the one of the straights. So that was pretty pretty tough, actually. Um, I said to Rob, um, I was a little bit disappointed. I thought I just wanted to try and run a bit quicker. And he sort of said, yeah, I mean, it's just effort, so it doesn't really matter. Is this, is that, so I've got a question. So you said, obviously, in the group that it was like uh, supposed to be 10K pace. Um, yeah. Which uh, we're assuming is target 10K pace. So do you, do you feel like you said you wanted to go a bit quicker? Was that because you wanted to work harder or because you just feel like you're in better shape? Um, yeah, I feel like I'm in better shape. Well, I would say the times don't reflect the effort. Right, okay. So I would say... 5K effort then. <laughs> no, I would say I would say I would like to think if I did a 10K next weekend, I would run near, nearer 30 minutes. Um, so, yeah, that's like kind of why I wanted to run 72s. It's not bad in the wind, though. If that, if your target was 72s and, you know, the wind's strong. Yeah, 72, 73. I mean, I, like, I thought, yeah, if 72, like, top end, 73 is absolutely fine as well, obviously. Um, mm. So, yeah, it, it was all right. But, yeah, like I say, it was it, it was harder than I thought it was going to be because of the wind. If you you, need, you um, need advice on adapting sessions in the wind. You know where to come. Oh, yeah. So, I actually did think about this. When someone asked us, do they do adapt sessions? My answer clearly there is no. Just try and run through it. <laughs> and still try and hit the times. <laughs> um, yeah, so that was uh, Thursday evening. So three mile, one mile, three mile, one down. That was actually quite a big day. I think I did 18 miles, just under 18 miles. And which is probably the biggest day since, uh, well, uh, maybe March or something ridiculous. Uh, oh, I, I think you know, it... that's a lie because I've done long runs. <laughs> so Friday, um, and do you know what? I By the time I got home from that session, it was pretty late. And I can't sleep straight away once I've done a session like that. So I ended up sort of staying up a little bit later than I normally would. So I couldn't really run early in the morning. Um, and really, I should have gone out at lunchtime, but I, I wanted to get some work done, so I didn't. And then I kind of postponed my run. Then I realized the Formula One was on. I didn't end up running until about half past eight. And I just, it was just horrendous, really. Um, half past eight so on Friday see- evening. Yeah. I know. So I did six miles, six fifty two. At one point, Shane, I thought this could be a seven minute miler. Yeah. But I got down. But it wasn't. I got down no. to six thirty eight. Same so yeah. That was Friday. Um and Saturday. So Rob actually um has been very kind recently. He's not given me a, a third session this week. So um I did there's a there's a loop not from uh, from my house which uh, Jake and I um did quite a lot which is it's quite a hilly loop and um, i thought i just kind of fancied a different place to run so uh, i did 10 miles um 
as six oh threes, but it was about eight hundred seventy feet of elevation, so it was quite heavy. Do you want um, to explain gap to the listeners now? You're you've been educated, or you're still struggling? No, I know now. I, I don't. This is why I don't need premium because it's just numbers I don't need. So Josh asked basically, to... yeah, I'll explain oh. it. So I I couldn't really understand why if I started and finished in the same place, my my overall average gap wasn't the same as my overall pace. But Aaron explains that because running uphill is harder than running downhill. So yeah, now I understand. Good. I'm glad we clarified something for you. <laughs> so yeah, that was Saturday. Um, I felt pretty good. Do you know what? That, the thing I like about that loop is I go up the hill to start. So it's basically just downhill for like quite a lot of it. Um, once you've got the first, well, the first two miles, I've gone up 300 feet of elevation. Um, and yeah, there's some, there's some later, like Mark, 645 so and 625. The gap on the second mile was a 544. <laughs> yeah, I would imagine, what was the seventh mile? That was probably the fastest gap. Uh, seventh and ninth for five forty and five thirty eight. So yeah, so this is, I, I, it's quite it's quite a nice. We'll go, we'll go into your Sunday run, then I'll comment on you not having a session. Yeah. Okay. Um. So yeah, Sunday run. Um. So Kian wanted to jump in for the first six or seven as like his tempo. So uh, I did that with him. Um. So yeah, started at six forties. Uh. And then yeah, gradually just sort of I just bit. Do you know what? This is the third long run in a row I've done with no music. And I actually quite like it. It's a bit different. Um, so, yeah, so I averaged uh, 5.58 for 18 miles. So, yeah, so that was my week, 90, 90 miles. Without music, what are you thinking on your runs then? Are you just dreaming of of winning Valencia? You'll take the piss. Genuinely, I just think... And my in sixty three thirty shape for probably about two hours. <laughs> so, Rob gives you no session for the weekend. However, yeah. you do ten miles steady over hills on Saturday, and then eighteen miles steady towards tempo on Sunday. So, I'd argue you did have a session in there somewhere. It's just yeah, I think maybe. your last your last eight miles of the long run. You probably averaged five forty forty five. I think the last eleven were five forty five. So well, but, but yeah, um, yeah. I mean, yeah, it was probably probably slightly quicker than easy, but um, I felt pretty. To be fair, my legs felt pretty good, so I kind of just carried on. So yeah, no prescribed session, but those runs were a bit quicker than that. Yeah, maybe it would do other times. So two weeks to Paris. 63 yeah. and a half is it on Josh no I don't I think that's unrealistic I think I'd like to think I can break 65 though but yeah we'll see see how I feel that would be one cracking conversion from a 30 40 10k in four weeks yeah, but that, the weather is. that was I was going to say that was four weeks ago I'm a different person now <laughs> obviously <laughs> one one thing before I finish my week can if anybody has by it not advice Basically, I don't know what shoe to wear, and I'd like some input. And I'm not talking just Vaporfly or Alphafly. I need colorway as well, because I need to buy a new pair. So if anyone can give me some tips, please message me. What about the Mizuno? Um, 
I've worn it too many times to race in. I've worn it like three times already. I won like a. I, basically, if I've worn a pair of flats more than like two times, I won't race in them. Well, what so, if you've only done? You you might have only done like twenty miles. Well, then. I was gonna say if I've done yeah, if I've done twenty miles or more, they're, they're just training pair. Why? Because I feel like I'm not getting the maximum benefit out of the carbon plate or the foam. So I just buy a new <laughs> That is the proper <laughs> definition of an unnecessary carbon footprint. <laughs> That's why I've got like 10 pairs of paper flies under my bed. Jesus. Get them on Vinted, kid. <laughs> yeah, that's nuts. Right. But yeah, I'm debating alpha flies, but yeah, not sure. For a half? Hmm. Yeah, I know. I know. I'd, I'd go alphas on the pure reason they're the most illegal. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Well, interesting. I saw Mr. Nash's study from the week on Twitter where he did some analysis of the Alpha Fly versus the Mizuno versus a training shoe, a, ba- a baseline shoe, yeah, training a New Balance something hiatus, is it called something like that? And the Mizuno gave him what a five percent increase in efficiency at six minute miling, but the Alpha Fly was still top at like six point six and a half percent or something. Yeah, the only thing is, does Nash just type touch the floor? Because I only see, see Hill when he runs. <laughs> it's a way, way to run, Josh. You'll learn one day. Yeah, maybe. Right, let's move on. Shane, can you talk us through last seven days? Last seven days. Uh, start, starts on a Monday. Starts on a Monday, Monday the 7th. I mean, Monday, Tuesday, pretty much the same as the Ivy week. 70 to 75 minute recoveries. I um, put it short on Tuesday, though. I did um, I did 66.20 because I I uh, also had a delicate belly. Um, on the, I think on the Tuesday you were in the afternoon, so you probably got out. Uh, I remember Tuesday night. So we, start, we started in the daylight and then we um, sort of finished and it was dark. But we went... Um, was that Monday? No, Monday was on my own. <laughs> I can't remember now. One of the days this week on Easy Runs, we went down um, an off-road path, but we started the run and it was uh, light and we finished the run and it was dark. We were running very slowly, um, like in the dark, because we just couldn't see. There was just trees coming out of us. But I think that, that was probably like, that, that was Tuesday or Thursday. I can't actually remember. So yeah, Monday, Tuesday, easy runs. Um, Wednesday, we actually got actually did. I did some fast running. Can you believe it? So in we the did dark, uh, in the dark too. In the dark around the magic loop. So maybe some splits might be a bit suspect, but I run through those. So we did um, did a fartlek. Call it the bowl. So it's four minutes, three minutes, two minutes, one minute, one minute, two minute, three minute, four minute. Um, all off two minute recovery. So the recovery is quite quite long actually. Um, once you get to that middle section. So we started pretty quick. Uh, according to splits, was 4.45 pace and 4.47 pace and a four and a three. Um, I, I, that, it felt manageable, but it felt quite strained. So on the two minutes, I just um, I did this session with Ronnie and I said, oh, let's just ease back on the two uh, just to, to feel a bit better. So I dropped back to about 4.50 pace on the two. And then by the time we started working our way back up, uh, yeah, I, I felt really good again. So I think I made the right call in doing that. Um, the one minutes were 4.35, 4.38. 
and then the two minutes was 4.30. I think that might be a suspect um, lap split. Uh, I did look at one of the corners and we were basically running through the middle of a high-rise building. That that magic loop is like Lincoln's answer to Canary Wharf. Or Battersea Park. <laughs> no, Battersea Park's just short. Or the Greg's late. <laughs> um, anyway, yeah, I'm my way back up the bowl. Three minute, four minute effort at the end. Um, I was pushing it on those. and I, I felt pretty good moving. According to my watch, it was 4.41 pace and 4.44 pace. I'll I'll take the actual numbers as a pinch of salt because, yeah, the trace can be a bit dodgy around there. But the, the trend in the reps in terms of how quick and slow they got did actually sort of match my perception. Um, and I did feel like I was moving quite well by the end. So I was quite happy with that. Um, but we were in a bit of a rush um, as we had a meeting to get to. So a uh, quick jog up the hill. Um, but yeah, I was quite happy with that. It was the first time really this season that I've sort of gone into a session thinking I want, I want to finish this working quite hard. Um, yeah, so I was pretty happy with that, actually. Um, so yeah, next two days, just again, uh, recovery runs. I would say that Thursday run is the one where you start to finish in the dark. That could have been the one. That means the one on Tuesday we did do in the light and um, we went down Heron Loop and it's called Heron Loop because... There's one heron that exists, not Ben Heron, the, the bird. There's only one in the world, and it lives in Lincoln, and it follows us down that riverbank. Anyway, there was a big cow on the wrong side of the bank, and then it went down the bank. I was like, if this cow falls in the river, what are we going to do? What would you do if a cow this falls in the river? It's not a joke. Legit. Oh, okay. You've got dinner sorted for the next two weeks. <laughs> no, I don't eat meat, mate. Just have to have its milk instead. Um, right. Anyway, yeah. So Thursday was the one I've already explained. Uh, Seventy-seven minutes odd, something like that. Friday went for a little run. Um, I wanted to do ten miles, and Tom wanted nine, and Ronnie wanted six. So we had a little rendezvous point. Um, so I thought I'll do three miles before meeting them, and I thought I'm going to run like Josh Lund. So I did some sub-seven-minute miles. Felt great and realised I was a bit of an idiot, so stopped doing that. I also had a you did, downhill. You did You did say, though, you texted me and said you felt better. I did. No, I said I felt, well, I don't know what I said, but I did feel good for doing it, I must admit. But then by the end of the three miles, I was like, my heart's probably beating far too much. Um, and I also, I also noticed, right, I was clock watching. Don't like doing that on easy runs. So anyway, but this one was kind of funny because I felt like a child again. Turned up to the RV point, um, to which there's this place. It's called like Danby Hills. So it's like a layby in between like Lincoln and a, a small village. Um, but it's pitch black, and we met there anyway. Obviously, where when he could park his car, and uh, I met Tom, and he got the time wrong. So he'd been there early and was just running up and down this pitch black stretch of layby. Then we thought it would be a good idea to hide in the bushes and scare Ronnie when he came. So we did that. That was that would that, have petrified me. But even he jumped. To be fair, it was quite funny. Um, so Saturday, Saturday. So yeah, I ran with Tom for this easy run, uh, ten by thirty second hills, and then easy run afterwards. Um, yeah, it went quite well actually. <clears throat> I had short recovery because, well, Tom's an impatient bastard. 
Aaron, don't you? A straw will never wait. I've I've never known anyone run so quickly down a hill for recovery. I bet he would even drop Josh Lunn a bit. Yeah, but anyway, did hills. Um, and I think I I've not actually compared. I did this. I do always do the same hill every time. Um, it's just a bit of a nice gradient, and the idea is not really to do it flat out. It's to sort of just try and move well up a hill. And I think most of them are like sort of five to five twenty mile in, which I got Josh to check the gap out for me, seeing as though he's got his newfound knowledge. And um yeah. I think the gap was what like low four? Slower than mine. That's all that matters. Yeah, it's because you spank everything. I <laughs> let's have a look yeah, at that. To, to be fair, it was like four four between four minutes and four ten, uh, four tenths. Yeah. So I don't know if it was does is related to that effort, but anyway, um felt pretty good and didn't feel fast, but um last time I did these, the the time basically I was like over a minute faster this time, and it's probably all in the recovery. What hill is this you're doing? It's just by it's just on a on the housing estate, just uh, near the West Common. Oh, where Jenny used to live. I, I got you. On Cambridge Avenue, yeah. It's just like there's there's not many cars that go through there and it's quite a nice gradient, so it's okay. trying to find. I don't know if um uh you know listeners find this when they're training. It's trying to find nice gradient hills to do this stuff on sometimes because if you do it on too sharp of a hill, you do, you can't really move as well as you want to move. So um yeah, I think we try to we just use that. It's nice and easy. <laughs> but yeah, um it was a bit probably a bit harder than they normally are, but she felt pretty good and strong and felt quite relaxed by the end. And then Sunday, um, just a sort of steady long run, um, eighteen point two two miles, average six forty one pace. Um, felt pretty good by the end of that. I felt a bit tired in the middle, but we'd had like a bit of a stretch into the wind that I think just took a bit more out than expected. However, I've got some interesting stats for you two. So, this is uh, I don't know how many weeks back from you know, back into training now from summer break. And it's the first week, drum roll, that I've averaged under seven minute miling for a week. Congratulations. I'm proud. Yeah. 6.59 pace for the week. Do you know what, do you know what last week was? Go on. 7.23. <laughs> wow. Okay. I've just, I've just gone into the leaderboard because I had it open. Josh, 6.21 pace last week for whatever yes. he did. Um, nice. Shane, Shane, 6.58 pace, correct. Um, and there, here I am, 6.52 pace. <laughs> Do you know what right. really frustrates me on that, actually, you asked on that time? When people, when people are private on Strava and then they post on one run, I noticed it when I, looked, I saw that leaderboard fast. I said, what, I, what, what's the point? Just leave yourself private. Nobody probably cares. Because you have to make sure everybody can see the only good thing you do. So you, you so it, frust- it really frustrates me. There's, there's three things runners can do. I'm holding four fingers up. There's three things runners can do, right? They can train properly. They can train properly and only post the fast stuff so that people think they're really fast. Or they can not train properly and just do everything fast. There you go. Three type of runners, Strava runners. 
<clears throat> what wise words from Shane? Any other stats, or was that the only stat you had? Um, 80 miles for the week, or well, nearly 81, and my load ratios are back onto one. So, anyway, that's irrelevant. But, um, yeah, sing- single days, uh, managed to get 80 miles. I didn't really have a shorter day in there, though. So, um, yeah, standard week, standard week, really. Good man, yeah. right? Let me Your go week. to my week. So, so Monday. We record the podcast. I was in the office. I promised I might go into the garage. Didn't happen. Um, I was going to say, I'm excited by this because every week we come into this and I don't really look on Strava. So I actually have, you could have done 120 miles or 10 and I genuinely don't know. Oh, you should care more as a friend. Maybe, maybe I'll send you a screenshot of every one of my runs like you do to me and then you'll know. Yeah, so Monday I took the day off because... But yeah, by the time we finished recording, it was about half past nine in the end. And it just wasn't happening. So Monday off. Tuesday, I was in the office again. So got home. It was pretty dark and wet. So I jumped on the treadmill for my session. And the original plan for this session was six by five minutes. But I I did my warm up, the 22 minutes warm up, like 5k. And then I got into the five-minute rep. And for if I do slightly more than five minutes, then I can do less reps. So I managed to change the session about four times, which is never the best idea. But anyway, I settled on doing 10, 8, 6, 4, 2. So still the same volume, but maybe it's not the same volume. Yeah, 30 minutes, about, same as six by five minutes. Um so 10 minutes I did at 3.14s, which is about 18 and a half kilometers an hour. Felt a little quick, but because I'd started on 18 and a half and I told myself I'd up at 0.3 every rep, I had to do it. The I'm six, proud of you. The eight minute rep was okay. Six minute rep started to bite. And then the four minute rep, because it was 3.05s, which is like five minute mile in, that was tough. And then the two minute at 3.02s was uncontrollable I felt like I was sprinted <laughs> so however what I did what, when I looked at this and the session I did on Friday on the treadmill so it's the same treadmill as I had last in February in February I did 25k on that treadmill at three tens. I think you can doubt people's treadmills and yes some are very generous but I think if you use the same one you can at least know if you're improving or not. Anyway, I got a session done. That was 13 miles in total, 6.15 pace overall. Exactly. That's probably where my average comes from. So, yeah, I did that. I did the old thing of I've not run Monday, not run Tuesday morning. I need to get some miles in. So, but yeah, got the big 22-minute warm-up and 22-minute cool-down. I managed to watch a whole, I think I watched Borussia Dortmund versus Wolfsburg while listening to a podcast. Anyway, that was Tuesday. Who says men got multitask? Yeah. Wednesday, I jogged back from the nursery. So I dropped off Eliza, but had to give the car back to Jenny's mum. So I jogged back. I did five, nearly five miles at 7.05s. I don't can know I, why. Can I just say, on this run, I'm assuming it's near your house the estate you run through mm. 
Um, the map looks a little bit like somebody sticking their min- middle finger up at you. It does, doesn't it? I've just seen that. I'm just wondering what I did. Good, good bit of Strava art that. I must have got. Oh, I must have gone in the yeah to add a bit more at the end. I must have come across the fields by the looks of it. Who knows? Yeah, no idea why I went that way. I think because the other way is a lot more fields and it rained a lot in the last week. So I didn't think my invincibles fancied that. So that was Wednesday. Then I was going to run in the afternoon, got a bit busy with work and couldn't be bothered. So that's Wednesday. Thursday, I ran with Philippa and Ruth, but I had to jog down to them. And in the end... I did an hour 27 at 7.41 pace, which Josh commented on saying, you can't count this in your mileage, but I did. <laughs> yeah. Um, Do you know what the, the impressive thing about that actually is? You've still run faster than Shane for the week? Yeah, I know. <laughs> and this is this is almost a, a seventh of my week. So, yeah, I think we... I ran fairly quick down the hill to meet them and then we took a trail back and we were running like 8.15s at one point so that's nice. why it's it's a bit a bit slower but to be honest Philippa and Bruce should be running close to 8 minute miles so I don't as their coach I don't really want to encourage them to run quicker and so that's to be fair you're probably in similar shape do you know what I say I think I put in the group yeah it's true Josh but I put in the group I struggle at eight minute mile in. It's yeah. it's tough for me. I can do seven thirties. Eight minute mile in just it doesn't feel like I'm I'm running properly or efficiently, and it's just a bit awkward. Yeah, no. In all seriousness, I had this before, didn't I? I think we we spoke about the next one. You have on. never run an eight minute mile. No, when when, when Matt wanted me to run slower, I remember running at seven thirties. Because I'm quite toey, I just bounce up and down. So yeah. you, your whole form sort of just changes. Okay, good. Right, Friday, back on the treadmill. It was windy last week, wasn't it? That's my excuse. Yeah. Uh, I did a tempo, so 5K warm-up, did a little stretch. Then I was going to do kind of thresholdy sub-threshold. But I started at, what pace did I start at? 5.24, pace, I think. Yeah. Around about 5.25 and I worked down to 5.20s and did 10K in the end. So probably average about 5.22. It was probably tougher than threshold. I was, I was just about to ask you, actually. So you obviously you've had quite a bit of, uh, you've had prolonged... Uh, time of sort of uh, erratic training and interrupted training. Where do you think your thresholds are at the moment based on what you've done like so far? Mm, 5.25. For like, as in your, um, for your hour threshold? Yeah. Oof. Oof. Well, based on that, based on, well, I don't know. That uh, Maybe I was a bit tired on that run. It just, it was one of those, I thought, 525 pace is going to be easy like well not easy but sort of controlled just sort of sub threshold and i could pick it up to to 515 i thought i thought initially my threshold might be about 515 to 20 but based on that run maybe not and it was it was again one of those runs where i really had to 
focus on just ticking off a five minutes by five I sort of wanted to give up at 5k but then I was like just make it to make it to 20 minutes then make it to 8k then make it to whatever it was also because my headphones run out of battery after 1k of the tempo so yeah it was not I was sweating it was really warm wasn't it Friday was like 17 degrees outside so on the treadmill I was dripping muggy for 11th of November yeah, they did yeah. tell me when when I was in about year seven of school, they said by the year twenty twenty, we were going to be hotter than Spain, and I think we might be now. So they were right. Geography yes. teachers were correct. Well done, Miss King. Can you give him a shout out. Farlingay High School, Miss King. Well done. Good education. Get yourself there. Um, Saturday. So. Where I get my mileage from in the week at the moment is joining Ruth on her marathon runs. So Saturday, we had, well, she had, I'd given her three by seven k of a k float, and the aim was to run the seven k reps at a little bit quicker than marathon pace, and then run the k floats around about thirty seconds per k slower, and. Yeah, we kind of hit the hit the paces. So the first seven k, I think we hit four oh fours. Second seven k, four oh fives, and the last seven k, four oh five oh sixes. She's done enough work now. But anyway, that overall that was fourteen and a bit miles at six forties. So, what um, marathons are you doing? Valencia. So six forty pace is kind of where I'm thinking she should run it, which would be about two fifty five. So we averaged that with the K floats, which is pretty good. It was an okay day, nothing special. It wasn't wasn't too windy. But we got it done. But that was with a 5K warm-up and a 6K cool-down, I think. The, th- the things I've forgotten to comment about this run was, so on the drive down, I was driving through a little village called Uffington, and there was a load of sheep in the road. So I have to stop my car, all these sheep running towards me. One car just swerves through the middle of them and goes past me, even though I've got in my car. The next car pulls up and said, do you know who the farmer is? I was like, I don't, but I'm about to run with a woman who's a shepherd, so I'll give her a call. Went to give her a call when she was behind me, so she got on the phone to her husband who phoned the farmer. But in the meantime, there was another load of sheep about half a mile down the road that I went and saw to try and get back into where they're meant to be. So I did some shepherding work basically before the run. So that was a good warm up. I got half the sheep in. And secondly, when we were warming up in true Matt Cloud style, there was a pair of red pants on the side of the on this country lane. So Cloudy's been about somewhere and tried to get pant lane into into my run. So somebody um, in Uppington has, has, has been on a bit of a, a rampage. They've taken their pants off and they've let a load of sheep out of the field. Well, they've been on a rampage and then they came back on a rampage. So third block of 7K, we're 2K into it. And on a country road that's obviously passable for two cars. So we're running sort of side by side on the right-hand side of the road. A bike is coming past us on, on the, on the left-hand side of the road. And then 
before we know it, a golf, a car, this is a, a golf comes through the middle of us about 80 mile per hour, about an <laughs> inch from my mine and roof side and from the bike. So I think that probably spiked roof's adrenaline and that's probably what caused it to hyperventilate at about 5k. So we nearly died, but it's worth it to get the marathon working. Just remember that. And, you know, stereotypical golf driver there, yeah? It is, yeah. I don't know anyone who drives golf these days. My first car. Anyway, Sunday, I joined Ben Heron. I, I just went on to Strava. For, for a while, he had this, like, Strava thing turned on where oh, auto-generates generates names so, of runs. I do not understand this, this, this thing. It's so, so Ben, isn't it? Yeah, I describe Ben more in one action. So his run is called No Stone Left Unturned. Anyway, so anyway, we did 10 miles at 7.08s and I kept it all on the flat because Ben's got a bit of a knee niggle. Went home, watched the cricket. England got the T20 World Cup win. Ben Stokes for knighthood. Anyway, that was my week, 71 and a half miles. Average under seven minute miling, two weeks in a row at seventy plus, and it was off six days. I did say to, I tried to wind, I tried to tell Shane I was going to do like a fifty mile weekend. I didn't do it, but I wanted to see if one of them was going to have a go at me for it. But we'll I see what ready. I have to think. I was ready to. Nah, you know <laughs> you what know, I'm like. I wouldn't have Mr. a go. I'd probably be impressed. Josh, well, Josh yeah. can encourage it and then oh, well that's fine Josh can encourage it and then in, in Christmas time when you two are injured I'll be by far the best man on the pod I don't yep. get injured <laughs> so anyway that's that's the week let's go to Strava leaderboard I know Josh won't have it open because he's walking the streets so I'll do it uh, top of the leaderboard Jasper the Flash Don or I think his name is it just says Jasper the Flash on my screen. So he's back. He was and he a comment- consistent leader. He commented on your run midweek about Klecker Miles, which I'm still not sure if he was being sarcastic or not. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know what it meant. So I liked his comment and left it there. Well, I presume it's to do with Joe Klecker and the pace he does his runs. But he actually, Joe Klecker runs pretty easy for how quick he is. So who knows? Um, yeah, Jasper's top, Jasper McDowell, um, and Rachel McGuinness is is still top. Another hundred mile week from Rachel, so she's probably her last big week before she eases off for Valencia. Um, Josh, last week you said we'd had so many members. Do you know how many it was last week? I think we we're in nine seven five last week. Oh, nine eight nine. So same growth next week big party for the thousand next week we'll get Klausy to give the listeners a, a prize he's been he promised us midweek that he's going to make an appearance soon so oh, yes. we'll get ready for that um right should we move on session of the week I thought I'd do it this week because I knew Josh wouldn't have one unless he does do you have one Josh no I don't have one so my session of the week is a very so everybody's done ten by a k or ten by three minutes 
I like to do a variation on 10 by a K or 10 by three minutes and do the odd reps. So one, three, five, seven, and nine at five to 10 K effort. So a little bit quicker than you probably do if you're doing 10 straight out and then do the even reps at kind of threshold or probably about 10 seconds slower than the, the odd reps. So you work a couple of pace groups, you work in your sort of five to 10 K pace and you're working threshold. And I actually find it easier than doing 10 straight out. I think trying to do 10 at the same pace sometimes is quite difficult, especially if you're tired. You, you often like Josh did on his 1200s in the week, you maybe start to slow. Whereas if you're just working in and out of the paces a little bit, it's usually, I find it a bit easier. So I do that off 60 seconds recovery and you can build that session. So you can go up to, you know, 15, 16, if you want to, or you can do it as miles. So you can you do six by a mile and alternate those paces or go up to 10 by a mile. We used to do 10 by a mile in, the, in America as a similar type session to this, where we'd work one at, I think we used to do one at 4.55 pace and, and then the other at 5.05, so very similar type thing. Um, Yeah, that's my session of the week. Any comments, Shane? Yeah, I like it. Um, I think I remember commenting on this when you've done it a few years ago. Um, I like that in and out stuff. I think, you know, you, you can also have it as a bit of a progression. If, you, if you're trying to improve your threshold, sometimes doing 10 by a K at threshold and then going straight to 10 by a K at um if you're a quicker runner like your 10k effort or if you're a slower runner like yeah you you sort of 30 minute effort sometimes that jump can be quite big so just by throwing in the odd effort first it's almost like a bit of a stepping stone into them harsher sessions if you say want to get better at running for a 5k or a 10k um yeah. and yeah if you want to if you're training for a half marathon or, or marathon you just you increase the amount of reps you do um yeah, yeah. No, I like it. I like it. I also use it as like you said as a stepping stone because if I'm getting somebody to do 10 or 12 of these with 60 seconds recovery I always say look eventually we're going to go to in and out case without any recovery. Yes the paces will be slightly different but it sort of teaches them that you know if you throw somebody 10 10 by a k where you're just going in and out straight away it's quite alien to some people and quite hard so at least it teaches them what's to come um so yeah that's that's session of the week josh done anything similar or you yeah actually i think no well matt actually set me that um a few times and i think we said the it it can be when you're tired, like you say, doing the same pace can be sort of, oh, I'm tired. You just get sort of get straight back up onto it. But I think when when the pace, uh, when there's a bit of a differential, when you're going into those fast paces, even though they're harder, you sort of get going a bit quicker. Yeah. Um, and I actually find that even though you're going quicker, sometimes almost easier just because it's different. Um, mm. And then the slower pace, yeah, should feel a bit easier. So, yeah, no, definitely agree with that. I think cool. as well, actually, just uh, one quick final note is when you're actually working at like things like your threshold in and around it, 
it, it can be surprising how difficult that can feel on some days. So if you're turning into a session and you are quite tired, a, a pace that would normally feel great for you can s start to feel quite tough. And I think just knowing the fact that actually you can just take a couple of these reps back a, back to five, 10 seconds or so, even though it's not really a huge difference in pace, it's a massive difference to how it feels when you're quite tired and you can, it means you can get to the end of the session. You can feel good and feel strong doing it rather than sort of just grinding it out and then just putting yourself in more of a pit when you're perhaps a bit tired. Anyway. Yeah, I agree. I'm going to skip a couple of listener questions. The question I'll ask though is, and I don't know if this is true, you can ask, answer it. It comes in from Eric Winston, big big fan of the show got his own podcast as eric low numbers in lots of races including elite numbers any opinions as to why when that came in my first thought was i don't know if there is low numbers in in races so i'd have to do some research but when you certainly look at big races like london and great north surely the numbers are higher than they used to be um Possibly, but I I remember having a I had a, a quick conversation with somebody earlier this year who's um organizes um triathlon events mm. and he was telling me it was almost like basically trying to take money out of people's pockets. They just couldn't fill the races. And with what we have seen this year is actually quite a lot of cancellations of some races because yeah. they're not getting the numbers. So um I'm not sure on the elite numbers, to be honest. I yeah, don't know that's, case that's of true. I think you're true. I think we had that point around lockdown where just after lockdown, it, you couldn't, it was too hard. It was hard to even enter a race unless you entered immediately. You couldn't get into a race. But yeah, definitely, I think in the last few months, I have seen a few races struggling for, for numbers. So mm. I don't know what's causing that. Maybe too many races or maybe I mean, cost of living. It could be a, a load of things. I mean, the the price of races is going up, uh, just fact anyway. And yeah, cost of living, I suppose, for some people, maybe not so much the likes of us or people that maybe listen to this show who running in events are probably going to fall quite high on a priority of the things we want to spend our money on. But for maybe these other You're people... just going to say, yeah, business is doing well, Shane, then. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cost of living is not affecting yeah. you. It's doing well. <laughs> I wish. Um. But yeah, I, I think uh, yeah, it's just it's a, it's a change in um, just a, a change in we, we've had a big change in events. I mean, obviously we couldn't do them for so long. Then we could. Then we saw more events pop up because everybody was offering out events. We saw more uh, a change in events for things like um, seeded races because of all the COVID rules. So maybe it's just a, a combination of races getting back to normal and the fact that yeah people just perhaps don't want to spend their money on some races anymore or, or as many. What's your opinion on elite numbers, Josh? Um, do you think race should, should hold back a certain number for sort of elite side of things or yeah, what's I your opinion it's on that? dependent on the race. So I think if, if the target, so you look at something like podium, they're more targeting, they want results. If you look at something like, I don't know, they lead Debbie Dash. Obviously, they do want faster people at the front, but that isn't their primary goal. So I think that has to be taken into account. Um, 
I still think there's a bit of dilution with races from the onset COVID. For example, London. London's pushed, um, been pushed back. There's other races, obviously, that are pushed back. They're still not back to normal. So I think there's some some of the COVID um, sort of... Uh, basically, the delay of that, it's still affected. Um, but, yeah, I don't... I think it's very... I Personally, I've not noticed it so much. Um, I know Cardiff 10K was cancelled this year. And they didn't really say why. But I wouldn't be surprised if that was affected. But, I mean, for example, I'm going... I've got to go to Paris in two weeks so I can't find a half marathon that I think there's a really good field. Um, so I wouldn't say there's too many races. Okay. Well, I think that's answered that in the best way we can. Let's go to some news. There's a few bits to talk about this week. Um, I saw Birmingham won the bid to host the European champs and European athletics champs, that is, in 2026. First time ever European athletics champs has been on British or English soil at the very least, I think British soil. Um, so another good scalp for Birmingham to get that after the after the commies. Which one of us do you reckon is going to make it the team? Josh, are you going to make the race walk what, team? <laughs> what year did you say that was for? 2026. 2026. So that would be... Here we go. Uh, a half marathon or marathon? I don't know. I I I presume marathon, but who knows? Yeah, interesting. I thought you were going to comment that I'm going to be nearly forty, or I thought you were going to say I, forty. <laughs> I was going to. I thought I can't even be bothered to say. But I'm glad you just said that. <laughs> Good. Right. Um, moving swiftly on from that. Uh, 2026 is ages away, people. Brighton Marathon filed notice of intention to appoint administrators, and I know there's been a lot on social about Brighton and not paying their elite athletes, well, not paying athletes for winning the races in the last couple of years, I think, and yet still taking entries for their race this year. What are your thoughts on that, Shane? No comment. I think um, I think it's, it's pretty shocking. Uh, it might actually tie into Eric's question. Um, mm. Maybe they've struggled as well, but I don't. Why promise? Obviously, there's a lot on socials about the prize money. Obviously, why promise this sort of stuff? Why promise another event if you if you just can't afford it? And they've obviously they've had a few issues in the past as well with the, the short marathon and I don't know long, long time. marathon. It was a long marathon as well. Oh, was it long? Oh. I, one with, oh. I think one was long and one was short potentially. Yeah, it was because. I think when when it was the the long one, the guy that won won after the marathon distance. Yeah. Oh yeah, I remember that. Yeah. So, so I mean, long story short, it's piss poor organisation, isn't it? Um. So do you think it's going to go ahead? Because a lot of people, I know a lot of people who are targeting a spring marathon, and your options are in this country really London, but it's very hard to get in. Manchester, but it's in the northwest of the country, and if you live south of London, quite a long way, or Brighton. So a lot of people do target Brighton, and there's no real answer of whether it's and they're taking entries of whether it's going to happen. My thoughts are, hopefully, they're looking for potential investors or buyers to to take over the race because 
they must have a lot of external suppliers that they can't just can't just cancel it, can they? Probably yeah, I, I agree. I think. Well, I think it's also going to be pretty uh, big revenue driver for the city, a city or a town, city for the city. So I would be. Yeah, I, I think said that with far too much confidence. <laughs> I think I'd be surprised if um if they were to let that um slip. So I mean, they just need cash, right? So the, 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 I suppose the problem with it is, is a lot of these uh, big races in places like that, the for an event to take it on, even even after these organisers sort of lose the contracts, these event, it, it's it's a lot of money to put down. Um, and if it's in a time that we are seeing less people do events and maybe it's a problem for them, hopefully it goes ahead. And as you said, I think if, if you're somebody who normally targets Brighton or you are targeting Brighton, I mean, if, you, if you're not willing to go up north, there isn't another alternative right now. So you just have to enter, you have to train and hope it goes ahead. And if it doesn't go ahead, just hopefully um, there's another option out there for you. I think Back the other option... Lockdown, uh, loop. I think there's a I think there's a Welsh marathon, Josh. I'm sure you'll be doing that. Uh, I don't know actually. I, I heard um one of the exceptional costs that Brighton's had in the last few years was your um pacing fee. You're going back to 2012. You're stretching this a bit. Um, yeah. So other bit of news: Peterborough got announced as a short course earlier last week. I did find it interesting instead of actually saying it was short, they blamed it on runners taking a shortcut and they said it was 200 meters short. And the shortcut that people took was on the wrong side of the road. It must be a very wide road to get 200 meters of a shortcut. Yeah. I think I can cover this one because I ran it. That's nonsense because it's so where, where they're suggesting that the runners went wrong. There was no, there's no um markings on the road. It's completely open road. And it's um it's a half present. I can't imagine they've run that short for that on that duration. I mean, the fact that there's a there's a turn cone four meters from the finish, so it's probably in the wrong place. I mean, that's much more likely. Because the other interesting thing to note is the I mean obviously there's variation with your GPS, but the mile markers were pretty much bang on the GPS throughout up until 13, uh, 12 miles. Yeah. So, yeah, make a bad yeah. wish. I mean, what would be interesting is is what they do next year. Um, You know, if they're not admitting it's short because of a cone or whatever, surely then it's going to have the same issues next year. So we will see. So good yeah. course. Get down there and get your PB in. Everyone signed up. Quickest 12.9 mile on the circuit. Get some times yeah. on the cards. Um, that is your PB, I, Shane, isn't it? Old course, yeah. <laughs> Another bit of doping news. Another Kenyan has been banned for five years. He won the national 10K title, Kenneth Kiprop Renju. So he's out for five years. I think he took second place at Prague Half in April. Um, I think he had a few tests that were a bit dodgy so there's enough one gone um my last bit of news is about nanobots so i haven't seen this aaron so i'm, I'm oh, i don't know what that means 
So you must have watched James Bond where they use nanobots in his bloodstream oh, to measure yeah. things. Yeah. So apparently somebody from TTS, uh, Tata, who are sort of linked to London Marathon, aren't they, sponsor it, has come out and said that nanobots and technology, super technology could lead to sub two hour marathons becoming a common thing uh, because they can they can measure so many things on body temperature and conditions to somehow optimize things so josh get yourself some nan- nanobots and we could see a sub 210 yet <laughs> right so we go to some racing shane have you got the notes open did you, I have. Do you know you talk through mk half because i've been talking for far too long mk, MK half mk cross country so it was. Uh, I saw many people um, comment on how lovely the weather was. So I think that's an important note to make uh, for cross country. In the women's race, uh, Alex Millard made a move at the end of the second lap. So she won just ahead of Grace Carson. Um, and last year's winner, Jess Gibbon, was in third. Um, in the men's, uh, we had, was it Mohammed Mohammed won? Yes. Yeah. 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 Is it Zach second? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, Alex... yeah. They are so good at cross country. They, they look phenomenal when they run across the mud and hills and stuff. It's great. Um, so uh, Mohammed won two. And then uh, we had Alex George in third, at which uh, seemed to be a big improvement from Cardiff, um, as you were saying, Josh. And then um, last year's winner, yeah. Hugo Milner in fourth. Callum Allison fifth. Um, England took the team win and all three medal positions. Um, that's and about four. it. Yeah. Milton Keynes, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it'd be interesting to see who then toes the line at Liverpool in it two weeks. So the, the last two, these two races seem to have been quite good standard. On the like the, the, the from the domestic point of view, was this the first year they've put the home countries in? Yes, I think so. Yeah, it was in Milton Keynes because normally it's a standalone race station. Yeah, yeah. So I think that's a good call. So yeah, um, the uh, yeah Liverpool. Um, that's the next one then, right? In a few weeks. Yeah, I think it's. I think it's good. To, to, they need to, you know, this cross challenge series that's been going for years. They need to try and get it back to being sort of a big series that everybody turns up to each race because as you said in the past it's always been Liverpool everybody turns up for because it's Euro trials few people turn up to Milton Keynes a few people turn up to Cardiff a few people turn up to whatever the other one is and then loads of people turn up to inter-counties because it's a selection race usually for something so yeah it'd be good to throw some of these home countries internationals or North versus whatever into these races to just keep the standard being as good as it is because it's good to see. And I think yep. it will only benefit our cross country chances. So, yeah, that was Milton, Milton Keynes. There was there was a couple of other league races on. Um, we won't run through all those. I think the only one I want to note was probably Met League. Well, actually, Joe Stewart won the Manchester League in the Met League. Alex Lepetra won. 
on the men's side, Rebecca Bunting on the women's side. Lepretra is interesting because I think he'll go well at Liverpool. I think he's a shout for a place on that team, which would be maybe a bit of a shock, but I think he's got the credentials over the last few months. I, I think the other one to know league-wise as well that could probably feature Liverpool, Mark Scott did the Surrey League as well. I didn't see those results. Well, yeah, who's, he doing Sur- who's he doing Surrey League for? Uh, I think just guessed it. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I know he's doing it, but I didn't see the women's results, so I just saw that on Instagram. Yeah. Um, and then with Rebecca Bunting at Met League, so she took the win. Her last race was the Euro 50k, so good range from Rebecca. Um, in America, it was regional weekend, so I tried to pick out people who finished top 10 Brits, that is. So Charles Hicks took third in the West region, running for Stanford, I think, these days. Has he always run for Stanford? Um, Phoebe Anderson was sixth in the Northeast region and Kasana Weir eighth. The best name on there in the same Northeast region on the men's side was Lachlan Wellington in ninth. I always think he should run, run for Lincoln Wellington because he's L Wellington. We'll sign him up. Yeah, get, get him on. And then Isaac Akers in or Akers in fifth in the Midwest region. Mm. So that's cross country. There wasn't much on the road. I did see Battersea had a half marathon on. Seems like Battersea has a race every week now. They had a half marathon. Mo Hashi took the win in 69.57. But most impressive was Georgina Schweining. I can never pronounce her name. She was in the Commonwealth team, wasn't she, for England at Birmingham over the marathon, she ran 72.08. So, pretty impressive performance from Georgia. Well, the um, interesting thing actually about Mohashi as well, there is uh, he did the Met League after as well. He did what? So, same day. He, he doubled up and did the Met League later on in the day. Uh... That is solid. <laughs> How did he do in the Met League? Do you know? I'm not, I'm not sure. I just know. Just know. That's, okay. that's, that's commitment to the club, that. Yeah, that's a fairly solid day's work. That's probably 18 miles of effort. Um, right, that's about it, boys. Anything happening in your week, Josh, next week or this week? Um, sorry, my hands are gone so cold. Um, I'm in London uh, for a few days and then not much. I'm actually on annual leave next week, so um, that'd be nice. But other than that, no, I'm in Battersea Park tomorrow if anyone's about. That's about it, really. Big session. Three by two miles, so not not so big. Four fifty pace. Yeah, just easy, isn't it? Easy. Or forty pace. No, <laughs> yeah, probably four fifty five is the end. Yeah, you have to take that short loop um, in Battersea. Shane, what's happening in your life next week? This week, I, I keep saying I, next um, week. It's this week. It is this week. I um, don't know. I. Uh, <laughs> I don't really think beyond the damn on. I don't think I've got the ability to think beyond the damn on. Uh, so I'm not sure. I can't remember. Yeah, maybe you have to invite me for a run this, this weekend. We could well, well, actually, um, might we might we might do something on Saturday. Ah, uh, I'm helping Ruth I think on Saturday, but we'll see. 
I'll get involved. I'll message you. What have you got coming up, Aaron? Well, Saturday, my standard two-week out from marathon session for most of them is usually 10K fairly hard, probably just under half marathon, maybe sometimes just under threshold effort. Depends how they're, they're feeling. Usually they can run pretty quick and then probably about five minutes easy recovery then six to six k or four mile at marathon pace i think josh has done this exact session you know i think he did it at swansea bay one year yeah i think that would have been two weeks before london marathon yeah so this it's a session i do with a lot of people so hopefully get them turning the legs over pretty well for 10k bit of a rest and then get back into marathon pace but usually that start of that marathon pace block feels a little bit sluggish so hopefully it teaches you to to feel what marathon pace feels on a little bit of heavy legs but anyway i use that one quite a lot um so saturday i'm off tomorrow so that means i can get this podcast out tomorrow and hopefully eliza gets over her cold and it doesn't turn into chicken pox which would not be ideal because I don't need any of that in my house. Um, sorry, have you ever had chicken pox? Yes, I think so. I need I to reckon, check. I reckon, even if you have, even if you have, I reckon you'll get them again. Yeah, probably. Maybe no, that type. You can. That type of person these days. I do need some advice on my cat flap from the listeners. Somebody guessed what cat flap I had by just my description. So my cat isn't interested in the slightest in this cat flap. So I've spent the best part of £400 installing it and he doesn't use it. And that means I have to leave the window open at night for him to jump in and out of when he wants to go out in the night. So with the cost of living crisis, my house is down at 16 degrees when I wake up in the morning. So I need him to use this cat flap for the security of my family so if anybody got any tips on getting a cat to use a cat flap that has just reminded me of a quick story from uh, must have been the tuesday when we did uh me and ronnie we'd literally just left his house and we were like 10 seconds into a run and this dog started barking at us <laughs> we turned over and this dog had its head through this cat flap but i'm not joking the dog's head fit perfectly into this cat flap <laughs> best thing i've seen all week there you go there you go get it um, that's what you need to do Dream. right boys let's get josh back indoors into the warm with my his... sleep mode's just gone off on my phone okay so you know Time you're old. Then. right cheers boys speak next week yeah, yeah. see you later